Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Lift As We Climb podcast with me, Kaylin Grace Apple. Today, I have a really fun collaboration for you guys. I interviewed Natalie Barbu of Barbu Agency. Natalie Barbu is the founder and CEO of Barbu Agency, a public relations firm focused on running influencer marketing campaigns, building brands PR lists, and strategizing for upcoming product launches. Along with being a general go-getter, Natalie is also a full-time YouTuber and lifestyle content creator based in New York and Charlotte. North Carolina. I started working with Natalie back when my own YouTube channel was around 300 subscribers. And with her consulting services and expertise, she has helped me and countless other content creators reach a wider audience. Today, we'll be touching on her life as a YouTuber, the founding of her agency, the world of influencer marketing, and how she uses her platforms to help other young content creators pursue their creative passions. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Hello, Natalie, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for you to be here today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So to get us started, how about you just give us a little bit of background for my listeners? I'm sure many of them already know who you are, because I know that a lot of our our viewers on YouTube are kind of similar. Um, But where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? What you studied and why and all of those kinds of things? Yeah, so I grew up in North Carolina. I'm currently still in North Carolina, but I'm a YouTuber, content creator, podcaster, and then I also own my own agency that I just started recently. Um, But before all of that, I grew up in North Carolina, like I said. I went to NC State, which is North Carolina State University. I studied industrial engineering there, and I know a lot of people probably think, why did you study engineering? It's not really what you're doing right now, which it's not, but it's given me so many critical thinking skills. I was always into problem solving, and I wanted to really have kind of a a well-rounded set of skills, and I thought engineering was perfect for that because I always knew I wanted to make my own business and start my own business one day. So I, instead of taking the traditional business degree, I was like, I can, I'll do industrial engineering since it's more problem solving focused and math focused and science focused, which is all things that I was interested in. And that's kind of why I went down that route. And then when I graduated, I got a job at a consulting company called Accenture. And I stayed there for about nine months until I was able to quit and kind of do content creation full time, YouTube podcast. And then also I, that's when I kind of decided to start my own business and start my own agency which is very new and in the baby stages and it's always it's such a learning curve but it's really exciting and I love it and can you tell us a little bit about how you got started with content creation kind of like what led you to start making videos on YouTube and how they evolved and all of those kinds of questions yeah so I started when I was 15 years old I'm 24 now so nine years ago and I did it honestly because I was just bored one day and I remember watching YouTube videos in I remember using my dad's computer and I was sitting down like watching these girls put on makeup and do these like favorites videos and hauls and tags and I was like this is cool like these girls look like me they're young they're also teenagers and they're they have a following and at the time I think everyone had kind of a smaller following compared to today but it was like oh wow they're like talking to people on the internet and making these videos and it looks really fun and entertaining and I think I can do that you know like they seemed like people that were similar to me so I was like I feel like I can make a video like this and so I brought out a laptop with a camera and I filmed my first makeup tutorial and I don't even remember what I edited on I must have been iMovie but 
I feel like I was not good at iMovie. I'm honestly amazed that I was like able to edit a video. Um, and so I like roughly put one together and then uh, start, put it online. And I remember it got three views and I was like, oh my God. I was like three views, like three people watch this. I, It was so exciting to me. And so I kept putting videos and I remember getting a comment here and there. And I was like, I cannot believe people are actually watching this and like seeing me and like liking these videos. And so I just, I churned out so many videos that like first month. Um, and it was of course just like the beauty guru type videos of like doing makeup and fashion hauls and beauty hauls and like all of these like little videos that I don't really make right now anymore. Um, and then I, I even remember I had a giveaway for my first 100 subscribers and I think I hit a hundred subscribers like two months after I started posting or a month after I started posting. And I was like, this is, I still have the video. It's on private now because some people can't see it, but I have it still like in my uh, YouTube studio. And I mentioned in it, I'm like, this is the best day of my life. Like hitting 100 subscribers. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know. I like look back at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I started just out of pure boredom and like watching girls online. And I was like, hmm, I feel like I could do something like that. And that's, then I just kept doing it. I really loved it. Excellent. And then let's talk a little bit about engineering. Cause I think that people hear that, especially given that you're a content creator and it's, I don't know, it's something different that people don't hear every day. So how is studying engineering in particular played a role in your career trajectory? And you talked a little bit about kind of th- critical thinking skills, um, but what are some of the skills that you think you learned that are still applicable? Yeah, so I would definitely say my actual classes wasn't, it's not the most like applicable, you know, like I'm not really doing physics or calculus or statics on the daily you know in my day-to-day life thankfully because I did not love those classes but I think for me it was mainly it was it taught me how to really problem solve and get to the root of a problem or look at you know like look at a big picture of things and long-term effects as well you know we had some classes in industrial engineering that was like project or product development and that class really shaped kind of even starting my agency, like doing the market research and finding out what is different, like looking at your competitors and then how are you actually going to build this thing? How are you actually going to do this, like create this product or this service and really looking at like how it's going to go long-term rather than just in the moment, like creating something and setting yourself apart, which doesn't sound like engineering, but that's kind of what I loved about industrial engineering is that it was more business focused while still having those like yes, calculus, physics, and all of those different courses that really helped you like solve problems and look at things in that mathematical lens in a way. So I feel like I'm I'm very involved in like the finances, for example, of my business. And I never, ever want to not be involved in the finances. Like I never want to all of a sudden not know like how much money I'm making or how much money I'm spending. And just eventually, yes, I'll hire someone that runs finances probably but I always want to be the one that knows so that I know like what's wasted money what are we wasting time on you know like I think it just helped me view projects as a whole and like really look at them from start to finish and see any problems that arise and how to fix them and yeah that's pretty much what I take away today from engineering rather than like the actual skills of like the how to find the derivative of something you know so (laughs) I think that's like the main thing. Well, I think project management on any level is just important, especially if you're trying to build a personal brand or a business. So I could definitely see how that's applicable. Mm-hmm. And when you accepted your big four consulting job at Accenture, did you 
know that you eventually wanted to focus on YouTube full time? What was the thinking kind of going into that job? Yeah, I think, well, for me, I always knew that I wasn't going to work at a, a corporation forever, or I hoped, you know, I always wanted to quit my job eventually. And do my own thing like that was always even before I went to college I was like I'm gonna own my own business one day like that was always just the goal of mine and college was a way to do that and getting this job was a way to gain experience to then do that but it was never gonna be my full-time thing forever and so when I first got my job it was first semester of senior year it was October of senior year so the whole senior year I was really relaxed because I already had a job lined up it was really great highly recommend if you're in school and you are in a major that allows you to get a job early because I know some majors it's like you don't apply until the end but highly recommend that it was really nice um and so I got that job early on and at that point when I got my job there was absolutely no way in my mind that I could do YouTube full-time because just financially I was not making enough money to do it you know like I was not making nearly enough to really live off of and so then once senior year came around or the end of senior year once I graduated I started making a little bit more money but it still wasn't enough you know I think uh, to be completely transparent I was making around 30,000 off of YouTube at when I graduated college a year and so for YouTube that's huge you know that's like a lot of money so I was really happy about that but I knew for the lifestyle that I wanted it wasn't enough to quit and like with YouTube there's ups and downs you know some months you might not make money some months you will so I wasn't comfortable with doing YouTube full-time only making that amount and so once I started my job it kind of I realized quickly that this was not something I wanted to do long term it wasn't something I wanted to do even for a few more years and it was really unsustainable because I was working on YouTube pretty much full-time while also working this full-time job full-time and so it was just really exhausting but I really wanted to do that because I wanted to eventually quit sooner rather than later. But I still thought like, oh, maybe two years down the line. And then as I kept growing, I was like, okay, maybe just one year into this, into working here. And then it started, I kept like dwindling back, like, okay, maybe just a few more months. And eventually it was around April. I took my eight days PTO. I took off so much PTO because I like went on a trip for my birthday and I did all this stuff. And then I came back and I quit my job and at that point my YouTube channel had grown and I was making almost double of what I was making at Accenture on YouTube and so I was like okay I'm out like I'm not waiting another year I'm not waiting until the end and so it's really crazy seeing how like when I started my job to when I ended it could have grown that much but so I was like okay I can do this I had enough savings I knew that it was more stable and I kind of had a better idea of what I wanted to do with my business I already had the idea of an agency in a way it wasn't a fully formed idea but I knew I was going to start something and I just needed to quit to be able to start it because it was just not realistic to start something while doing YouTube and this job and my podcast like I couldn't add anything else to my plate so I quit my job in after nine months of working there and it's honestly been such a great decision (laughs) yeah and what was like did you have any concerns about the perception of your audience I know that you were among some of the first this generation of of YouTubers um that started in high school along with you Mm -hmm. it seemed like some of them kind of went full-time YouTube or some of them did the same thing as you and kind of went out into corporate industry and then decided to take on YouTube full-time and were you worried about the perception of your audience when making that decision Yeah, so I feel like I think I was the first YouTuber in my lifestyle community that quit my job uh, compared to like, I know there's like Katie, Michelle, and Brooke who I'm thinking of and I they all quit after me. So I didn't even have their videos to like look at or like their audience to really look at because I was really one of the first ones. 
um, in this like community. But I was really nervous because I did grow so much while at my corporate job and I knew that I grew a lot because people liked that I worked a corporate job. So like during that time I was growing a lot which was great but it was because I was that relatable influencer that also worked at like a normal nine to five. And so I was so nervous because I was like oh my gosh now they're all gonna unsubscribe or they're gonna think I'm like just another influencer quote-unquote that like doesn't do anything that just makes money off of filming videos which is way more work than it even looks like but you know it's it's one of those things where I was really scared of what people would think and I was scared that people would kind of abandon me and then I quit and now don't have anyone um but it actually once I did post that video I remember like refreshing the comments like every second because I was like oh my gosh what are people gonna think and honestly like 99.9% of them were so positive and were so nice and very supportive and I was really really relieved um of course there's gonna be people that are upset and that's gonna be with every decision you make in your life so I was just like you know what I can't worry about them because I'm happy I know that this is the right decision and I was just so happy that like my main audience was supportive of me of course and I think something that is discussed a lot on YouTube, or at least I've seen videos kind of talking about like the relatability of lifestyle content. Mm-hmm. And what's the time that you thought that your your content really resonated with your audience? Like, have you noticed certain trends where you, certain videos obviously like will perform better, but specifically in terms of audience engagement where your audience, you feel very connected to that audience? Yeah, I think... A lot of times I was always scared to do something different. So even when I started out, I just started with like makeup videos and like did what everyone else was doing. And then once I got to college, I started doing college videos. And once I started opening up more and actually showing my own personality and showing my own life more is when I got the best engagement. But it was always the times when I was really scared to do it. So I started making videos about engineering and no one at this time, I feel like not many people knew that I was an engineering major, but I, maybe I mentioned it here and there, but I never wanted to talk about it because I was like, no one that watches me is probably an engineering major. Like they're, you know, it's not really heavily female dominated. It's not something I feel like people are not interested in that. It's like a boring topic, you know, about engineering. And then once I started opening up about my experience as an engineering student, so many more people came in. I had so much high engagement of like, oh my gosh, finally a girl in STEM that I can, you know, that I can watch her videos. And that was like, oh wow, I can't believe that people like want to see this content. Like to me, it's boring because it's like, it's my life and I'm so used to it that I'm like, who wants to see this? You know, people only want to see if I'm like doing cool things or like traveling or whatever. And so I didn't think people actually wanted to see like the mundane day-to-day life or like the mundane day-to-day experiences that I had. So like if I was stressed out for a test or whatever, people would really resonate with that online. And so I was like, oh, I should be more open on the internet then. And like when I graduated college, I kind of established myself as a college YouTuber. And so I was really scared graduating because I was like, crap, now I'm going into the real world and I have so such a big college audience. Someone's going to watch my channel anymore. But once I did, I started making work videos and that went really well too. So I think every time I made some change in my life that I was scared because I was losing an audience, I actually, it ended up being more positive than I ever imagined. Like even quitting my job, I was so scared. And like now I don't post like, corporate videos obviously but my working by from for myself content does really well and people love to see that too so I think that it's any change in my life and anytime I've been open and vulnerable about these changes 
have actually served like my channel well like even moving so I used to live in New York City and I moved home during the pandemic and so many people follow me for my New York City content and I was like great now everyone's gonna unfollow me because I don't live in New York and when I made that change so many people were like wow I relate to this so much because I also had to move back home with my parents and so anytime I was scared and I ended up posting it it actually was so much better than I imagined so that's actually been really cool very cool and what type of content do you hope to produce in the future? What's the like long trajectory of, of videos and what trends do you see kind of coming up for you? I always want to be authentic and honest and vulnerable and transparent. That's always what I want to do on my channel. So just be very, very true to myself and my experiences and sharing that on the internet and being very transparent about them. So with, I mean, I'm always trying to help people that are trying to be productive. Maybe if they're also trying to start their own business or they're trying to start their own personal brand, I want to be that resource for people to be helpful, but also be transparent and telling like the date, the real struggles with it and the ups and downs that come with it. And I want to post that online because I know that other people are going through it. And I wish that I had people that I could watch that were also going through that same thing. So I always want to be transparent with people and even like starting my own business. I know that there's ups and downs and like the beginning of your business is so slow for the most part for so many people. It's like the first few years of your business are probably going to be the ones where things change the most and things go wrong and but I still want to post them even though I know sometimes it might be embarrassing if things don't go my way or people might even have more opinions about it if I am posting it on the internet. I know that it might help someone that's also in that same boat of trying to start a business. So I just always want to be transparent with any struggles that I have with any like feelings that I'm talking about because I know it could help people out that are going through similar things. Absolutely. And now we can talk a little bit about Barbu Agency. This is a good segue. So what inspired you to actually found Barbu Agency? What was the the kind of impetus for that decision? Yeah, so I always wanted to help people out with building their personal brand. And I believe very strongly that social media is not going anywhere. It's not a fad. It's not going to like, I think it's here to stay and it's only getting bigger and growing. And so I think more and more people, one, are trying to be on social media and more and more brands are trying to reach out to influencers and work with them more than ever. So influencer marketing might seem like it's oversaturated, but I think we need to remember it's only a few years old. So like imagine it in like 30 years from now, like maybe then it'll be oversaturated, but right now we're still in the beginning stages of it and things are changing super quickly with it. So I realized that I wanted to start one, helping people out, which is when I did consultations. I was like, there's no one in the influencer space, like in the lifestyle community space that is like actually like helping other like influencers out with personal branding. And so I wanted to be that person that people could kind of go to for help with that. So I started con- uh, consultations, like one-on-one consultations with people. And I knew that I wanted to help brands too. So I then with the agency, I was like, well, I can help brands reach out to influencers, have influencer marketing, or have influencer relationships, run a successful influencer marketing campaign because I've done so many of them throughout my years on YouTube and Instagram. And I've also worked with so many brands that I feel like do it totally wrong or do it right and I felt like I knew what was right and what was wrong and like how to build those influencer relationships and so just from my own experience and so I started realizing that so many brands need help with that like they're still treating influencers as how they treated a billboard for example or how they treated traditional marketing like a tv commercial when it's a totally different ball game like you can't 
expect that an influencer marketing campaign is going to run the same way as like your TV advertisement did. So I think that just kind of having that, um, like, sorry, hold on. I'm trying to think of like the words to say with this, like, um, reaching out to brands and trying to help them build better campaigns, reach out to influencers in a better way and really showing them the true success of influencer marketing is something that I've always wanted to do. And I thought that that's what a lot of agencies do, but I wanted to do it from an influencer marketing perspective or from an influencer standpoint and kind of see what I realized that brands did wrong on the influencer end. I wanted to kind of fix that problem and work with brands myself. Excellent. And how do you, how do you pitch your services? That's the hardest part. So that is honestly so hard because one, big brands already have either agencies that they work with or they have people in-house and then smaller brands don't want to pay for influencer marketing because it is an expense. And when you're a small business, you really need to look at every single expense. And I totally understand that. So it's that in-between of making sure people realize that it is so super important to grow your business, but then also like reaching out to people that might not already have that or want someone better. So it's been a lot of pitching on Facebook groups, on like people that I know personally with in my own like connections, um, working with a lot of agencies and brands as an influencer, I've been able to reach out to them and offer my services. So that's been really cool. So really just honestly, the biggest thing is like having confidence in yourself because for so long I was like, why would they hire me over like an agency that they've already worked with? But you have to remember, what do you have different? Like, what do you do differently? And that's really helped me. So whenever I'm drafting my pitch and whenever I'm drafting an email, whenever I'm talking to someone on an intro call, I always remember like, why do I stand out? It's because I have this experience on the influencer side because I worked with brands before for years and years because I've worked with even influencers like growing their brand. And so I put kind of all of that together and really show what sets me apart rather than, oh, you should hire me for the same exact thing that you've hired someone else for. My pitches usually explain a lot of like what makes me different rather than what makes me the same as everyone else. Absolutely. And what are the types of clients that you aim to work with? I want to work a lot with people. So lately I've been working with some clients and it's been a blessing in disguise, I will say, because even though it's been kind of difficult, I've realized what I want and what I don't want in future clients. And so this week I made a list of my ideal client. Like I wrote down characteristics of my ideal client because I started saying yes to everybody and I started saying yes to everything and I realized that I can't do that. I need to also be picky. The work will come. It's not like there's a shortage of work. And so the clients that I want to work with, I think will have that like mutual respect with knowing that they are hiring you for a service. You're not just an employee that they're hiring. You know, it's like they're hiring you as an expert in the field that you work in. And so having that mutual respect for each other, I think is the biggest thing that I want out of my clients and that trust. And I think with any service-based industry, that person has to trust you for even them to get results. Because if they're constantly, you know, like not trusting your advice, they're not even going to see the results. And so I really want to work with people that we have that mutual respect for each other. Um, And so that's like the biggest thing. But I'd love to work with brands that either maybe have been around for a long time but are stagnant and don't know how to connect to their audience anymore or have lost a lot of their audience or up-and-coming brands that or really want to break through the market and wanting to get their name out there and coming up with like a total social media strategy for them of how to do that. Because what I think my expertise is in is connecting with audiences. And I do that with on the personal branding level when I help brands. I help personal like individuals connect with their audience through social media. And then I also want to help brands connect 
with their audience. So that's like the biggest thing is just having that mutual respect for people and then working with brands that are looking really to like get their name out there again and like make that personal relationship again with their audience. And is there a specific type of industry that you tend to work with more on certain types of clients? Yeah, so for the most part, my clients have been mainly actual like product based um people like uh, companies so a lot of retail a lot of e-commerce that has been my biggest client like the ones that I've had the most experience in is like retail and e-commerce but I would love to expand to like service-based companies as well I think that would be really cool and I feel like I would love to really work with some of those um but for the most part it's been e-commerce that I've been working with okay excellent and how do you see the influencer marketing industry evolving over the coming years or months even? I see it growing a lot. So, I mean, I think it's going to grow way more than even what it is now, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure influencer marketing is uh, some, I don't know the exact number, but it's in the billions, you know, it's like a billion dollar industry. And so it's going to grow even more. I think, I think as we see streaming services become popular, there's going to be less and less traditional advertisements on cable and on TV. So I think all of that budget is going to go into influencer marketing. So I really think that influencer marketing is only going to grow. And I think micro influencers are going to be targeted way more than they are now. Right now, there's a lot of popular influencers on social media that have millions of followers and brands are dying to work with them. I think brands are now going to realize that they can tap into the micro influencers and get really, really great results working with my smaller influencers. And so I actually see now you're not going to have to have that many followers to even be able to do this whole time. I see having only a couple thousand followers, but really connecting with your audience and really understanding your audience is you'll be able to do it full time pretty soon. Very cool. And what is, what are some of the ways that your business has evolved so far? Because I mean, young businesses, as you said, change course all the time and have to kind of adjust to the market. So how have you found that even in the first like six months or eight months of your business, how is, have you seen it evolve? Yeah. So I started with just the one-on-one consultations and I always knew I wanted to work with brands as well. So it pivoted from one-on-one then to just really trying to focus on built like businesses and brands rather than individuals and at first I kind of was like oh let me do it a really broad agency I'll do traditional PR I'll do podcast tours I'll do even event planning when that opens up and having like influencers come in and I'll do you know I wanted to do everything so my original like when I first started I was like I'll say yes to everything because then I'll get experience and it'll be great and now I have quickly realized (laughs) that that's not really great because then you are doing things that one you might not be the best at but also that you don't enjoy and you're too broad and I think that it's actually really important when you are starting something especially if you are a small team to really hone in on what you're good at like niche down and like really think about what you want to do and what you are good at and there's nothing wrong with saying yes to things to gain experience because I do think that you'll then realize what you love and what you don't love but I think that for me I have quickly realized what I love and what I don't love and I really want to start specializing in just social media strategy and like really with connecting with your audience like that's the overall thing that I want to do I don't want to really have these like one-off campaigns or one-off podcast tours like I really just want to come up with a whole social strategy that includes all of those things if needed but I don't think that I've seen the best results if you're like oh I'll just do one influencer marketing campaign for you and that's it because then you're not really building those relationships you know like 
you don't know if it's going to work or not because there's so many other things that are involved with it. And that's what I've learned with social is that it's not just one thing that's going to make you blow up. It's kind of everything needs to be going well, not just this one. Like you're not just going to have one influencer marketing campaign that blows you up if you don't have a good social strategy on the other stuff. So I think I've realized that I really want to start like working with clients that I have built really great relationships with and that I can help connect them to their audience and that I'm really going to specialize on like what I know, what I'm good at and what I love doing. And I'm not saying yes to absolutely everything because I used to. I literally would say yes to everything like, oh, yeah, you want to be in a magazine? Yeah, I can help you with that. When it's like, no, that's not what I like doing. And that's not even what I think will be effective. So I don't want to say yes to that anymore. Absolutely. I think that's something that's just important with starting a business or kind of starting with anything, content creation on YouTube even, is making sure that you can try things out, but it doesn't mean that you're set in that and that you can change course if needed. And what are your plans to scale? So you've talked a little bit about how you've pivoted. Now, what's the plan? What's what's the long game? Yeah, so I would love to one day have my own like office in New York City and have a team around me, you know, so I think for me, the biggest thing is now I don't know about offices because who knows how that's going to be in the future, but I would love to just build a team around me that really believes in the same things that I do and like the vision of the company but also that can actually I can I trust and can like manage accounts on their own and you know like I'm the one kind of overseeing everything and overseeing the strategy behind everything but I'd love to have a team that is able to kind of take a client and also come up with the strategy for them and also run with it for them and kind of be that account manager for that client so that we can expand So yeah, I would just love to have a team that's able, that I trust and that is able to kind of bring my vision to life across different industries as well because I think that would be really cool. But yeah, in a year from now, hopefully I I have uh, another like employee with me that's really helping me build it out because I've also realized that in order to scale, you have to delegate things to other people. Like you cannot do everything on your own at a certain point or else you're letting your, you're limiting yourself. So I'd love to continue growing and just adding people onto my team that's necessary. And where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see Barbu Agency? Where do you see your YouTube channel, etc.? So I'm 24 right now. So in five years, I will be 29, which crazy, it's almost 30. But <laughs> um, I hope to be very established in the career that I'm in. I hope to kind of be an industry leader. I think that would be amazing that if I could help other people entering the industry, uh, and being that industry leader and mentor to other people in the same in similar boats that I am in right now, I would love to be able to do that. So uh, just be someone that's established, very happy in their career, um, and working as like a mentor to other people that are kind of in the boat that I'm in right now. Excellent. And what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Best piece of advice I've ever received. I love this quote. So this is a quote, but it's, dreams only work if you do and I love that because I think it's really important to have big dreams and big goals I'm such a goal person like I have so many things that I want to do and so sometimes it's like it it's like too many things let's like slow down like you can't do all of that but I think that it's really important to have those big dreams but also remember that you have to work at them you know like you really have to put in the time you really have to put in the work and they will happen But it's kind of like, not only do you have to dream it, but you actually have to put in the work for it. And I think hard work really does pay off. And I am a huge believer that hard work, like, can get you anywhere that you want to go for for the most part. So that's, um, that's probably the best quote and, like, best piece of advice that I've gotten. 
And what's the best piece of advice that you hope to give to others? I think really this is cheesy, but you can really do anything you set your mind to. And I think we have a lot of limitations that we feel that are in our minds and also that society has placed on us. One, as females, a lot of times it's like, oh, female founder, like, oh, good luck with that. You know, like you have so many hurdles to jump across or even being in STEM. A lot of times I didn't even realize it was like a weird thing for a girl to be in STEM until people started telling me like, oh, wow, like you're a girl and you're an engineering major. That's that's crazy. And then I was like, is it like, should I not be in this? You know, so I think that there's a lot of things that society will tell you that you can't do or that's going to be really hard for you to do. And while, of course, Some people are going to have a harder time than others. I do think that we can, like, you cannot listen to those opinions. You can't listen to those limitations because you can do whatever you want to do. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a person of color, whether you are, have a disability. You know, like, I think that there are going to be obstacles, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. So I really think that just putting your mind to something, like, you can be a female CEO of a huge ass company if you want to be you know so I think that it's one of those things that don't listen to those limitations and really just like do the best work that you can and I think that you will be able to do it absolutely thank you so much Natalie Um, I'm gonna leave this little moment for you to kind of plug your your YouTube channel and your podcast and anything else wherever anybody can find you Awesome. Yeah, you can find me at Natalie Barbu. Um, pretty much everything is just my name. So social media is all just at Natalie Barbu on Instagram and on YouTube. And then on my website, it's barbuagency.com. Excellent. And by the way, we did a collaboration for this podcast. So the episode that Natalie and I recorded for her podcast, The Real Real, will be available on her podcast. And I will go ahead and link that and all of her social media down below for you. Thank you so much for being here today, Natalie. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please remember to give this podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and check out the episode that I did with Natalie on the Real Real podcast as well. We'll see you next week.